This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com, use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that too. Oh yeah, all really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. The following Tanner and Steven Variety episode contains strange and graphic imagery not suitable for all audiences. So this one's not for the kids or those who are just freaked out or disgusted by weird, unusual things. With that said, listener discretion is advised. On this week's Tanner and Steven Variety show, we're talking about a threat that is very much real to all of mankind the pig yes our friend the pig makes multiple appearances here in this week's episode we're also talking about robots writing plays and a man who grows a new well we'll get to it Welcome back to the Tanner and Steven Variety Show, everyone. Hello. 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 I am, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and over the internet this week, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. How are you doing, Stephen? 
I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm a, I'm a little uh, I'm a little scared of these topics. They they <laughs> they get they get weirder every week, but they, uh, I'm they ready. They do, they do, and, and we we've got a special action packed edition uh, here. Um, for the last couple of weeks, we've been doing like a like a segment at the end of the show where we talk about one big topic. Um, this week we do not have such a topic. We we I, I was kicking around doing like Bigfoot or how to make beer or mm. like other kinds of things. Um, but uh, but I just I just didn't have enough time to do research this week. It was a very very busy work week. Um, but I promise you, we will definitely get to those topics uh, here soon. But I've definitely added more news topics here to freak Stephen out. Uh, <laughs> so so let's see where this goes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I will start with the with the first topic here, uh, just to see where where Stephen's head is at here at the beginning of the day. Okay. All right. So uh, first topic here is per LiveScience.com. Again, that's LiveScience.com and uh, and writer Mindy Weisberger. Hello again, Mindy. Mm. Hello again, uh, Mindy. Mindy writes: Sly Fox steals 100 shoes in Berlin, and he's not the first. <laughs> Why did the fox steal my shoes? Sounds like the start of a brain-teasing uh, riddle or an annoying viral song. But for the people in Berlin, it was an, ex- an existential question spurred by the knowledge that a local fox was the culprit behind a string of shoe thefts. Uh, about two weeks ago, Christian Meyer, a resident of Berlin's uh, Zeilendorf neighborhood. Zeilendorf? Zellendorf? I'll go with one of those. Yeah. Um, noticed that one of his new and expensive running shoes had disappeared from his porch, and he decided to investigate the thief, uh, the theft. Uh, German news, uh, a German news site reported. Meyer quickly learned that he was not the thief's only victim, and a tip helped uh, uh, him catch the fox bandit red-handed with two blue flip-flops in its mouth. Mmm. Caught red-handed. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Or red pod. Red red pod, indeed, Stephen. <laughs> Days later, Mayor, uh, Meyer spotted the fox again. He followed it into the thicket where Meyer crawled under uh, qual- uh, crawled around for close to an hour. There he discovered the fox's secret stash of more than 100 shoes. Most oh, of man. Them, most of them just gnawed on a bit. Uh <laughs> The, the, the news site reported. Uh, Meyer did capture a photo of the thieving fox and its ill-gotten stash um, and uh, sent it to news outlets. Now, um, there is quite a collection of these shoes. A lot of them look like flip-flops, sandals. There's some Crocs. There's actually a lot of Crocs in this photo. Interesting. Um, See, I, I was going to ask, like, what what's the what's the footwear of choice of this fox? You know. Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks like uh it looks like a lot of lots of Crocs here, lots of flip flops, lots of like like outdoor or just comf- uh, like comfy shoes here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's unknown as to what the fox is doing with these shoes or why it had so many. Um, but um, yes, uh, it is unknown. Um. That uh, it is known, rather, that uh, this has also happened in Japan, uh, where foxes mm. had uh, actually stolen uh, more than 40 pairs of sandals in 2018. Uh, it was actually a group of foxes that were apprehended in a stakeout involving five Ooh. police officers. <laughs> Ooh, a gang of foxes. Exactly. That sounds so, dangerous. So foxes apparently have been stealing shoes from people. Um, Steven, uh, this this seems like an, like an odd problem. With a very yes. simple solution. Yes. Uh, keep your shoes inside, folks. Um, yeah. 
That's that's the simple solution. So <laughs> let me just say right off the bat, Mindy Weisberger, uh, your writing style is fantastic. I love it. Keep it coming. It's great. Uh, but <laughs> on the on the story itself, shout out Mindy. <laughs> shout out Mindy. Yes, you're great. Um, on the story itself, the first thing that I thought of was um, so sometimes our dogs uh, here at the house will. Uh, you know, grab our shoes from from the front door and, and kind of hide them places. They they never really will will attack them or chew them necessarily. They'll just like hide them so that we have to go searching for them. And, mm. and we've we've kind of thought that possibly it's because they don't want us to leave. And, and uh, you know, they they know that we need our shoes to leave, so they're going to hide our shoes so that we don't leave. And I know foxes in urban areas are very. Uh, very often dependent on humans uh, in, in some cases for uh, for food and things like that, like waste and things. So I, I wonder if the I wonder if the foxes have possibly come up with this as well, where they're like, oh well, if I take their shoes, they can't leave and they can be here for a while, providing me food. Mm, possibly. That's the that, first thing I thought of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the deal is with these these foxes here taking taking that stuff. That is a, an interesting theory, though, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's so many shoes. Um, right, right. As as you wisely pointed out, um, I do think the the smart solution here: keep your shoes inside, folks. I, yes. I, I understand. Maybe maybe you don't want the shoes getting dirty, you know, uh, you know, or dirtying up the house. Uh, right. Just just you know. But all of these shoes here seem to look pretty clean. So just mm, keep the mm. shoes inside. Or if you have a garage, keep the shoes in the garage. Keep them in the, the garage. garage. Close the garage door. It's easy. Yeah. I, I mean, there there's certainly very easy solutions here uh, that, that these people could follow. Uh, I'm more curious about the reasoning on this fox taking these shoes. And also what's interesting about it is, is that at first when you said this, I would I was assuming he just like took them somewhere and then just like left them. But he's very clearly collecting these shoes. You yeah, know, for, for, it's for all in something. one spot for something. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I'm kind of thinking maybe it is he's just hiding the shoes. But then at the same time, some of them are not not on. Right. Well, so maybe he just likes it as a chew toy. Maybe. Maybe he just wants the nicest, fanciest, most fashionable house. Right. Uh, most true. N- the nicest den, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Maybe he's a materialistic fox. Perhaps so. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> perhaps foxes are uh, are slyer than we think. Exactly. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's an interesting one, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Moving on to uh, fr- from interesting to dumbfounding, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> All right. British Foreign Officer uh, Office's Chief Mouser announces retirement. Uh, this this is oh. a bit, this is a bit odd, Stephen. But okay. Palmerston. Huh. Palmerston is the British Foreign Office's famous feline chief mouser. Uh, and Palmerston, uh, per UPI.com and writer um, Ben Hooper. Hello, hey, once ben. Again, ben. Yes, hello. <laughs> Palmerston, the chief feline uh, mouser, is announcing his retirement to spend more time relaxing away from the limelight. A letter addressed to Sir Simon MacDonald, permanent under uh, undersecretary at the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, was posted uh, to the uh, to Palmerston's official Twitter account to announce the cat's retirement from hunting mice 
at the Foreign Office's headquarters in London. Palmerston, mm. named for the two-time Prime Minister Viscount Palmerston, arrived at the office as a rescue in 2016 and quickly gained fame for catching mice and mm. appeared in photos with visiting diplomats. The cat previously made headlines for clashes with Larry, the cat, char- <laughs> charged with uh, catching mice for the Prime Minister at 10 Downing Street. Uh, The letter, written from the feline's perspective, said Palmerston is retiring to live with a family in the British countryside. Although Uh, I... So this is written... This letter is written from the side of Palmerston, the cat. I guess he he dictated the letter and somebody with fingers typed it. Literary Um, master. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Although I am ending my formal role here, I will always be an ambassador for the UK and the new foreign... Commonwealth and Development Office, the letter reads. The office, uh, the Foreign Office praised Palmerston for his service in a Twitter account post. We all miss him pawfully, but wish him, <laughs> but wish him a perfect retirement, the, oh, the tweet reads. Goodness. So, Stephen, Palmerston the cat, uh, you know, went into the line of duty to catch mice even clashed with the other uh, cat, uh, who's the official cat of 10 Downing Street in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Palmerston and, uh, I guess, his, his service to uh, his country? Well, it's a legendary cat. Absolutely. Seems legendary like Legendary cat. I, I do want to say, I love that. So they could have easily just had this rescue cat live in the building and, and catch mice and no one talk about it. But the fact that they gave him, like, an official title... And, and and that he is actually like a valued member of this division of government is extremely hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love the attention to detail that they've given here. Like, what what was his official title? Uh, let me see here. Palmerston. Uh, basically, he was the official mouser, the chief mouser uh, of chief of, mouser. Of, chief mouser. He was he was basically tasked with catching all the mice in the department. Yes, see that that's just great. The puns, uh, I love the puns. <laughs> like, like they didn't half-ass this. That's what I appreciate. Like they could have just been like, oh yeah, it's a cat. He catches mice for us. But no, this is this is Palmerston, the chief mouser. They gave him a title and everything. Right. They they really went all in on this. They really did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's pictures of Palmerston. He's a very nice looking cat, very noble. So if you want to mm. uh, drop Palmerston a line, it looks like he does have a tw- uh, an official Twitter page. Oh, uh, so you can hit up uh, you can hit Pal- uh, Palmerston, uh, the the cat. Mm. Um, mm. So yes, indeed. Thank you for your service, sir. We yes, greatly thank appreciate you. It. E- I wonder e- if he'll be knighted. Maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> knight cat, Sir Palmerton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the chief mouser, dude. Like that's a great title. It is. I, I for, like the for title. a cat to have. That I mean, that's one of the best titles you can have. Really, I can't think of a of a better title for a cat to have, other Indeed. than like like master lounger or something like that, maybe. But that it just doesn't have the same ring to it. Mm. Indeed, I, I I think that this is a is a very fitting title here for uh, uh for the cat. Um, well, congratulations, uh, Palmerton. Uh, on, on, yeah, on your retirement. This is mm-hmm. uh, fan- fantastic news. Exciting time. Mm, indeed. Um, let's see here. Let's go uh, take a take a trip here, Stephen. Uh, I hope you've got your plane tickets because we're heading to Japan for our next story here. 
Oh, good. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Japan. <laughs> I, I do, too. But maybe not for these reasons here, Stephen. Oh, yikes. Uh, okay. So some more animal news here. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe you'll find this to be interesting. Maybe not. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I know a few weeks back here we had discussed the case of Kangaroo Jack, or, uh, or yes. rather Jack the Kangaroo, uh, who had escaped <laughs> in Florida and was on the loose. Um, this article here, per, again, UPI writer Ben Hooper, Wild Boar Leads Police on Hours-Long Chase Through the City. Mm. Uh, police in a, Jap- in a Japanese city of, of Fukuoka uh, said a wild boar wandered into the area and led officers on an hour-long chase Wednesday morning. The Fukuoka uh, Prefectural Police said an officer on duty at the U.S. Consulate <laughs> well, there you go, uh, <laughs> spotted the boar running loose around the nearby Ohori Park. Uh, officers began to pursue the boar at 6.05 a.m. That's a that's an early time to start chasing a boar. Early <laughs> boar gets the worm. 100%. Yep. Um, and the animal led them on a chase through the center of the city that lasted until the wild pigs captured just before noon. So six hours. Wow. Uh, it seems close to six hours. City officials said wild boar uh, had never been spotted in the area before. Experts suggested the animal captured Wednesday night might have become lost. Uh, quote, wild boars seeking other animals sometimes travel along the river courses. Perhaps it was a young boar with little experience, <laughs> uh, which, uh, which ended yes. up lost in the city while looking for food. Um, uh, so, uh, Stephen, um, this boar here, maybe young, mm-hmm. maybe inexperienced, does mm-hmm. look awfully tasty, though. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you make of this, uh, this wild boar chase? Oh man! Well, I, I will say for for a boar so green, um, it, it's <laughs> it's pretty impressive that that he l- led them on a six hour chase. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. You yes, know? It, inexperienced or not, uh, six hours is a, a, an impressive amount of endurance for this boar. Yes, I mean honestly, I mean was that was that? I can only assume that was six like solid hours. You know. Yeah, I mean it's uh it, like it wouldn't be stop and go necessarily. Like there there wouldn't be any point where they're like, "All right, well, let's take a step <laughs> back and not catch this boar." Like it, that's that's 6 hours of no, we got to get this thing like yesterday. Right, the chase is ongoing. Maybe they go into like mm-hmm. a like a like a car parking lot and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, or or like a like a garage and then they're like looking around for the for the boar, but it's mm-hmm. actually on the roof like, you know, like yeah. <laughs> flayed out and like waiting for him to leave so we can like hop back down and like scramble again to go on the loose yeah see I, i'm i'm picturing this boar like jumping from rooftop to rooftop like like jason Bourne or something like <laughs> like, like six hours man dun, 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 dun. this has to be like the the most like well cardio trained boar i've ever heard of in my life mm, indeed I, I feel like most boars would get tired well and the there's something interesting about this video clip, and I'm looking at it right now. And just from the the thumbnail of uh, of this um, this video feed, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can tell that the the police that are there, um, it doesn't look like they're really using much equipment, if 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 any at all. I, I, there's one man who has a net, a very large net, it seems. I see. Um, but 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 a, not a net large enough to capture this boar. Mm-hmm. Um, at the other one to the, the other police officer to the right of the, uh, I'm sorry, to the left of the thumbnail, uh, he's just barehanded. 
he like he's got some gloves on, but he, but he's like he's not got any equipment. So I think he's trying to capture like the the wild boar and like maybe like tackle him to the ground or something like that. I don't know. That's a, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's a that's it's, a really terrible idea. Like uh, a boar, uh, e- even one so green, um, of course, is <laughs> is still a wild animal, and, and they have tusks, and uh, they will mess you up really badly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely don't recommend the the zero equipment approach. Uh, you might have to go back to the drawing board on that one. But <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it worked for them after six hours at least. I, I wonder what the final, like, what the final scene looked like uh, of the boar being captured. Like that did that tiny neck or that tiny net like go around his head, and someone tackled him to the ground. That did they lure him into an elaborate assortment of traps? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm Perhaps so. You know, maybe it was one of those Grand Theft Auto kind of things where it's like, uh, you know, they've got the helicopter like flying above, and yeah, like, yeah. the, the boar is like looking up at the helicopter and he's like, "Stop where you are!" And the boar's like, right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. the, like a boar does, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, when you say Grand Theft Auto, now I'm imagining this boar like he's got walking like a... on its hind legs and, and like going up to a person in their car and like punching them in the face and pulling them out of the car and like he's got, he's got a nice suit and sunglasses on, smoking a oh, cigarette. Yeah. Absolutely, get your ass out of the car! Oh yeah. no, not again! And then... Punches him with his hoof, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, like he like gets to the rooftop, the helicopter's overhead, and the boar like whips out a rocket launcher and just takes the thing mm-hmm. down. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I I think that's uh, I think that's uh, Grand Theft Auto Six right there. I I think it should be uh, Swine Gra- City. Yeah, Sw- <laughs> Swine City. <laughs> 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 that would be quite fun. I think I would. I think I would buy that. I I in fact I, I would probably pre-order that. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Swine City. Are you kidding me? That's an instant pre-order. Like, like you, you can go home. You, you like to your wife and kids. Like they're at, they're like normal people, but like you're still a like a wild boar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got and, like, and like no one mentions anything about it. Like <laughs> <laughs> you've got like a bad drinking problem. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but you still sound like a boar. Like, right, right. Like <laughs> and then yeah. your wife's like, "Oh, honey, it's so good to see you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, like you know like you're you're like you're like having dinner and like you just like scarf up all the food like while your family's using like utensils and everything like that yeah yeah <laughs> rockstar man this this one's free this one's free the next one will cost you <laughs> exactly <laughs> go to the strip club you know have a good time oh yeah yeah see a bunch of boars maybe the strippers are boars too or maybe he goes to a specifically boar strip club. Perhaps so. It is Swine City. It is Swine City. I'm sure they would be very accommodating for that. Well, I'm I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the idea of like the audio like still being like the pig noise like and then yeah. like you know like there's still like there's like subtitles. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so like, you still understand what 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 you're saying, right? Right. Like like it's like three squeals, but it's like a whole paragraph of of text <laughs> like of dialogue. Like man, maybe we should learn how to speak boar because that seems like a very efficient language. Like <laughs> exactly, you know, you can three, say a three. whole paragraph in three squeals. <laughs> Just saying, indeed, Stephen, indeed. <laughs> I, I think I think we've maximized what we can get out of the uh, <laughs> this, I, yeah, this story. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, we went on this weird Grand Theft Auto train. I I don't know. Though I don't know I do, how we got here. 
I do like the idea, though. Grand Theft Auto, Swine City. Swine City, yeah. Sounds magnificent. Uh, (laughs) Let's take a brief step away from animal news and move on to something, uh, you know, uh, sandwiches, Stephen. Something sandwiches. sandwiches. Something right. sandwiches. Uh, per right. UPI.com and once again writer Ben Hooper, Al Roker and 69 sandwich makers break Guinness record. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> TV host Al Roker enlisted the help of 69 chefs and sandwich enthusiasts to break the uh, world uh, the Guinness world record for most people in an online sandwich making relay. I um that's a dumb record. <laughs> that's a dumb dumb record. I've always had the I'll let you finish, I'm sorry, but I've always thought of this where just because something is a record doesn't mean that it needs to be documented in Guinness Book of World Records. That is a dumb dumb record. I also want to know where we're getting the term sandwich enthusiast from here right. uh, like like what qualifies you as a sandwich enthusiast like man I'm, I'm just all about these sandwiches you know so like what's the level of passion that you have to have for, for, for one to be labeled a sandwich enthusiast like, like you got like posters of like the sandwiches on your wall and... see that's just weird I don't want to meet a sandwich enthusiast if that's like the criteria for what makes one I, I don't know man this Continue. You're, you're not. You're not for this. Okay. <laughs> uh, article goes on to say the NBC uh, Today weather anchor hosted a virtual Rokerthon. Rokerthon. Oh God. <laughs> event on Thursday, working with a network of 69 participants, including Jose Andreas, Bobby Flay, uh, Priya Krishna, uh, wow. Sandra Lee, Marcus uh, Samuelson. Uh, let me see here. Andrew Zimmerman. Uh, hey. Elena Besser and Matt uh, Abdu. Uh, all of these here are famous uh, chefs, um, particularly, uh, I guess, Jose Andreas and Bobby Flay, who are probably the most high profile there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jose Andreas is a uh, brilliant uh, uh, Spanish chef, and uh, Bobby true. Flay, he is everywhere on Food Network, uh, also a world famous chef. Um, yes. Each chef was required by Guinness to create a unique sandwich, and it had to com- uh, it had to be complete before the next participant began making their own sandwich. The mark to beat was 50 participants. <laughs> Guinness uh, educator uh, or adjudicator, rather, Michael Emprick, uh said in the uh, announcement: uh, "Today you have achieved 69. It's a new Guinness World Records title." <sighs> okay, so. I appreciate them going with the number 69 because that's funny. Uh, yeah, you you could have stopped it. You could have stopped at 51. You could have stopped at 55, 60 maybe. But you chose 69, and I appreciate that. Um, I will I will double down though and say that this mm. is a dumb D- record. Double down, also a sandwich. Also no, a sandwich. Yes. No, no bread. <laughs> I just man the. Just because it is a record doesn't mean it it needs to be documented, you know. Like <laughs> that that doesn't make any sense to me. Like number of sodas drank while on a plane going to Thailand. Like it's mm. it's too specific. It, mm. It's just way too specific. Like a better a better record would be like most number of sandwiches consecutively made by 
famous shit. I don't know. It, it's dumb. I'm not about it. I'm not about it. I will say this, though. I would like one of those sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that Jose Andreas or Bobby Flay, for that matter, would make a damn good sandwich. This is true. Um, just depending on what they're putting together here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that they all ended up eating the sandwich, right? Because, like, you know... The, I would hope. Yeah, it's... Um, you don't want you it to go to waste. You don't want it to go to waste. That's that's awfully terrible. And I'm sure that uh, with, um, uh, with these... Uh, particular sandwich makers um that uh, there's all sorts of degrees of like efficiency in terms of the sandwich and like oh uh, yeah uh pro- like proficiency in what you have in the uh in the actual sandwich contents like i mean i'm sure jose andreas had something like uh very uh very like like um like something with like a lot of uh um like a lot of like not not fancy, but maybe like him and Bobby Flay probably had some fairly upscale looking sandwiches. Jose right, right. probably had like something that's more like a tapas, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like a you know some kind of like nice you know uh, dainty tasty sandwich. Whereas yes. uh, Bobby Flay probably went with something uh, I don't know like oddly southwestern because you know even though I was he's thinking like, the same thing. I was yeah. thinking some kind of like like chicken fried steak sandwich or something like that. Yeah, which is strange because he's like he's a New Yorker and he, mm-hmm. he prides himself on himself on southwestern fare. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean I I really don't know Maybe like an ancho chili mayo with like a right. I don't know like a, some kind of like fried piece of something in there. I don't yeah, know. with some kind of roux or, or or a reduction of some sort. Yeah, I don't know. I'm Indeed. just spouting off words that I've heard on Chopped. Yeah, whereas uh, whereas Joe Blow probably like put together like, hey, I, I've got this sandwich, and it's like, you like bologna? Yeah, it's like, it's like, a piece, <laughs> like two pieces of bologna, like some American cheese and some mayo. Yeah, yeah. Which got, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing I got wrong with the, it. I got this bread from the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas Bobby Flay is like, oh, I I made this bread in like ten yeah. seconds. Yeah, like like I I actually spent the night like you know prep, pep, uh, prepping the dough. I let it rise mm-hmm. and I put it in the mm-hmm. oven this morning and I prepared it. It's all good and like yeah, you got this guy Dude. with like some some moldy bread. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, but he he still counts as uh, number sixty nine. So he got he, in there. He, he he is one of sixty nine uh, who have. I, uh, I do want to try these sandwiches though. They they sound fantastic. Um, records dumb. But uh, I would like to try the sandwiches. <laughs> Fair enough, Stephen. Uh, let's see here. Moving right along, then uh, we all know about uh, your apprehension towards robots, Stephen. Yes, yes. I, I I think this one might frighten you. Oh God, another one of these. All right. Researchers teaching robots to write a stage play in the Czech Republic. Uh, indeed, Ugh. a team of artificial intelligence researchers are teaming with theater professionals <laughs> in the Czech Republic to create the world's first play written entirely by robots. Uh, researcher Rudolf Rosa of Charles University said his team is working together with Svanda Theater and the Academy of Performing Arts in Prague on the project. Uh, it is uh, dubbed Theater. Uh, spelled. <laughs> it's it's spelled T H E in all caps, A I in lowercase, T R E in uppercase. Oh, man. So you've great. got the you've got the A I right there, right yeah. smack dab in the middle of it. 
Rosa said the idea was suggested by entrepreneur Thomas Studenick as a uh, means of celebrating the 100th anniversary of the RUR, a.k.a. Rosam's Universal Robots, a 1921 play by Carol and, and Joseph Kapik uh, that is credited with originating the term robot. Mm, Thomas okay, okay. thought that this should be uh, uh, properly celebrated and came up with the idea of turning the story around. 100 years ago, a man wrote a theater play about robots. What if today robots wrote a theater play about men? Uh, so, Stephen, okay, there's a lot to there's a lot to get into in this one. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so right off the bat, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> hate it fair enough and i'll and i'll tell you why i hate it okay so there there's this whole you know political discussion going on in in america and and in the uk and around the world really uh about the the economic uh and societal impacts of automation with robots right like all of these all of these uh blue collar jobs and manufacturing and things like that are going to be taken over by robots and it's going to leave a a bunch of people unemployed right right um and there's going to be a lot of new jobs that need to be created in, in order to employ the people that have lost their jobs due to robots right right so hence here's Andrew my Yang. problem exactly yeah. hence exactly. Andrew Yang he wants to give everybody uh stipends mm-hmm. um you know for uh you know aut- automation you know basically automated mm-hmm. sti- uh, automation stipend exactly um and a, so a here's living my wage problem. if you will right um one thing that that people have always said that robots will not be able to take over is the arts there there is there is something in the arts uh, about the the human element of the arts that needs to be appreciated needs to be included in art uh, whether it be plays or or paintings or video games or movies or whatever there's a human element that that uh you know brings forth emotion and things like that that a robot really just can can't capture right yes. um and you're trying to make them able to do that well what it, it, one more facet <laughs> that that robots will take over like why why do you want robots to do everything i don't understand like i would rather play a bass guitar than teach a robot to play bass guitar why do i want to watch a robot play bass guitar it it's not interesting i mean it could be interesting you know maybe maybe for like the the novelty of it it would it might be a little bit interesting um I mean, maybe so, for the novelty of it, for sure. It, it's just like you're, you're. This is going down yet another terrible path with robotics. Perhaps. Um. I. I. I mean, maybe. Maybe this is an odd question, or or something to be. Um. Maybe not something that everybody's like all on board with here. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, my my question about this whole thing is, what goes into teaching this robot? Like how are how are we teaching these robots to do this kind of thing? Like I, I can understand maybe programming a robot to be like, hey, right. write this thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, but like, are they sitting down in like a classroom? Like you're like going over like things on the chalkboard about like nouns and verbs and adjectives, right, and, right. Like, you know, like you know, and then like going over their papers, and then like you know, maybe you put like a little critique on their paper, and then like they come back to your desk and like your criticism is redundant. Yeah, I I mean, I just don't really know. I I mean, there has to be obviously some kind of AI uh, aspect 
to this. So, I mean, maybe they're just feeding that AI, um, you know, footage of plays, Mm -hmm, footage mm -hmm. of of art, you know, examples of art in some (laughs) way. Uh, I mean, I I don't really know. Uh, I I mean, I will say this. I'm not an AI scientist, so I don't really know how they work necessarily um, uh, on a on like a core fundamental level. Um, But I will say uh, let's let's not teach robots emotion. (laughs) I mean, really, that's I I think that's a pretty simple uh, request. And I, I think that's a request that can resonate with a lot of people. Uh, art is all about emotion and it's about the, the human aspect of it. Um, if you, I don't know if you try to artificially do that with a robot, Mm -hmm. one teaching a robot emotion is, is scary as hell to me. Mm -hmm. And two, um, it's worked so well this far. Why would you want, why would you want it to uh, change? See, like the, the picture that I can't get out of my head is like a packed theater with like the, one of the robots in like the director box. And he's like all dressed right, up right. in a nice suit, and he's like sitting there watching his play unfold with like his his humans on stage, like acting out the play. And yeah. then the like the room is packed full of robots, though. And like, <laughs> and then like the like you're the, creating my nightmare right now. Like, 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 like one of the robots, like there's an emotional part, and then like all the robots have like this programmed like teardrop like symbol like going down like their <laughs> their, their monitors. Yeah, yeah. As the humans perform on stage, that is sad. <laughs> I'm yeah, weeping. I mean, you... I'm weeping. Boo hoo. Boo hoo. Sob. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you just created a, a, a terrifying, terrifying uh, visual in my head. And I, I don't see why that's something we should strive towards. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Well, okay. Fine. Well, let's go into something a little bit more um, heartfelt here, Stephen. One that doesn't yeah. involve robots, perhaps. Yeah, maybe less terrifying. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Per HuffPost.com, uh, Minnesota man sells his 57 Chevy truck for the same price that he paid 44 years ago. Oh, damn. A Minnesota man uh, sold his 1957 Chevy pickup he drove for 44 years for $75, the same price he paid decades ago. Uh, Bob Sportle of Princeburg handed over the keys last month to his grandson, or, or to the grandson of... Uh, actually, wow, this is actually even better. Uh, he handed over the keys last month to the grandson of the man that he bought the truck from. Oh, wow. Uh, 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 K-A-R-E-T-V reported. Sportle was in his early 20s when he bought the rusty pickup from a retiring farmer. He drove the truck to work every day at a local grain elevator until he retired five years ago. Sportle kept the driving truck, or kept driving the truck, but decided to sell it to Tom uh, Leenstra, uh, the grandson of the late John Vanderveen, who originally sold the truck to Sportle. It's like riding with my grandpa again, Leenstra said. The truck has taken on a, uh, an antique value, but Sportle decided to sell it for what he paid for it. It's going in the family. Uh, that's the most important thing, Sportle said. Uh, Stephen, quite the antique. Uh, truck here uh, could mm-hmm. use some polishing up. It looks like, but uh, otherwise, still a very good working truck. Yeah, yeah, that's a really that's a really nice like feel good story. Like, what what are the odds of that too? That like 
everyone still knows each other and, and like has access to everybody to be like, hey, do you want to buy this truck? And, and like all this stuff, like the the odds of all of that is kind of crazy to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and this probably maybe happens in small town America, you know, where everybody knows everybody else. I, I wouldn't right. necessarily be surprised, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, it is interesting. Also, what a guy! Uh, only charging seventy five bucks for it. I, I mean, the the value of that car, I'm assuming, has gone way, way, way up since then, and he could probably get uh, much more money for it. But but just to just to s- still sell it for the money you paid for, I mean, what a good guy! Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, very heartfelt. Uh, very. Um... Uh, like just a, just a good-natured kind of thing to do, Stephen. I, I mm-hmm. like this. I like mm-hmm. this story. Uh, maybe they see, can. See, that's another. It. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just gonna say maybe they can polish it back up. Maybe hopefully somehow mm-hmm. get a lot of the rust off of it. You know, uh, I think it would make for a, for a good truck to have as long as you can keep the parts working. Right, right. And see, that's another example of uh, you know, cars kind of today being built to break. You know. Um, th- this pickup truck has, I'm assuming, hundreds of thousands of miles on it after 40 plus years, uh, three separate owners, and, and it's still trucking along no problem. I mean, obviously, it's, it has some rust problems and everything, but they did claim that it still is running and everything. Um, dude, you can buy you can buy a car today, and, and it'll it'll crap out in like six years, seven years, you know. Whereas yes. back then, they they built those things to last, man. They built them to last. Right, they they weren't built like the uh, like the computers and robots are now. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. They, they don't need like a software update. Um, so, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Good well, stuff. From the heartfelt and warm fuzziness onto something utterly terrifying, Stephen. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> per Ripley's dot com and a writer who wrote this piece of work here. I, I need to know because it's. That's terrifying me, Stephen, as I'm reading this article. Um, (laughs) Ryan Clark, contributor for Ripley's.com and host of Ripley's Believe It or Not podcast. Mm. Um, Here's the headline. I'm I'm, I'm trying to get myself to it here, Stephen. Um, Can pigs make a body disappear? Almost. Man, someone call Marty Jannetty. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Um... Uh, it's weird, yes, but not all that uncommon. It's a fact. Pigs eat people. Uh, The day began just like any other. It was autumn 2012 in a coastal Coos County, Oregon, Uh, and 69-year-old farmer Terry Vance Garner had gone out to feed his hogs. Yet, he never returned. Concerned, his family went looking for him, and what they found was a gruesome sight. There, in the pig enclosure were his dentures and pieces of his body. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, either because of an attack or in a medical emergency, it seemed like Garner had fallen and then been overwhelmed by the 700-pound hogs, which then consumed his remains, almost all of him. It was a terrifying revelation. Uh, those animals were his life, Terry's older brother, Michael Garner, 75, told the Register Guard newspaper. For all we know, it was a horrific accident, but it's no... Uh, it's, it's so doggone weird uh, that we have uh, we have to look at all possibilities. 
uh, Coos County District Attorney Paul Fraser told the newspaper, um, it is possible, uh, again, for pigs to eat people. In 2019, a Russian woman fell into an, uh, an epileptic emergency while feeding her hogs, and she was eaten alive. Uh, in 2015, a Romanian farmer died of blood loss after being attacked by his hogs. In 2013, a mob boss was still alive when he was fed to hogs by a rival family. Goodness. Uh, yeah. So um, the article does go on to say that there, there were researchers here um, who, um, I, I guess, looked further into these things here. Um, let me see. Uh, TV Tropes website. Uh, seems to verify this, explaining that a pig will eat anything if they are able to come by it. Fact of the matter is, pigs can eat almost anything that they chew. Um, so, uh, yeah, it looks as though pigs will just eat up about anything. If it, the, the pigs cannot chew the larger bones of the human body, but they can and will break them into smaller bits to make them more manageable. Human hair and teeth, on the other hand, or hoof, are mm. not digestible to hogs, mm. and they will be left behind. Uh, but the site concludes it should be simp- uh, a simple matter to shave your victim's head and pull out their teeth before chow time, right? That's a bit dark. Um, Jesus. <laughs> um, Steven, uh, I remember seeing uh, um, the movie, was it was it Hannibal perhaps that I saw? Um, mm. uh, uh, where uh, uh, the end of, is, is the, the sequel to The Silence of the Lambs. And uh, the end um, had something very similar to this happened. Uh, so, um, yes. Should, should we be more scared of pigs than we are of robots, Stephen? Um, I don't know. I certainly am terrified right now. Uh, don't know how I feel, especially in comparison to robots. Um, I will say, with man, with how brutal these stories are, I feel like <laughs> we should be hearing more about pig attacks. Perhaps so. You, you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe I'm, I'm just now hearing about this. This sounds like a terrifying epidemic. I don't know. Well, and this goes kind of hand in hand with what we talked about earlier with that hog chase in Japan. It's a this good. Is true. Uh, it's a good thing that uh, maybe some of these guys didn't like just trip and fall, uh, or, or maybe yeah. that, that there weren't more pigs uh, that were there. Uh, you know, maybe the pigs. Uh, I mean, it's a good thing it was on its own. Otherwise, maybe the cops would be outnumbered uh, by these. It's true. It's true. These pigs. Man, that is that's so metal. It's so brutal. Like it, it is brutal, Stephen. Like I'm, I'm speechless. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really speechless. Um, poor guy, man, getting getting eaten alive by his own hogs. That's yeah. That's unfortunate. It, it is it is quite a sad story. A uh, very mm-hmm. very sad story. Um, let's move on to something maybe a little bit more lighthearted. How about that? <laughs> okay. Church burglary suspect goes from unmasked to Batman costume mid-heist, South Carolina cops say. Uh, That'll do it. (laughs) Per MiamiHerald.com and writer Haley Fowler, uh, a 25-year-old man is accused of stealing at least $700 worth of equipment from a South Carolina church wearing a Batman costume he found on the premises, according to the the arrest (laughs) reports. He found it there, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dalton Alexander uh, Lazarick, uh, Lazarick, Lazarick. Wow, either mm. one is a great last name. 
Indeed. Um, uh, he was arrested July 28th on charges of second-degree burglary and grand larceny arrest record show. A citizen who saw Lazarick's face in the surveillance footage spent the, uh, sent the Spartanburg County Sheriff's Office a tip regarding his identity, which did in fact lead to his arrest. Lieutenant Kevin Bobo Bobo <laughs> told, <laughs> told uh, McClatchy News. Um, yes. What are these names? I, I don't know. Bobo South Carolina, man. I want to I wanna start a character named Bobo McClatchy. <laughs> uh, according to an arrest report, Lazarick broke into an administrative building belonging to the Anderson Mill Baptist Church through an unlocked window shortly before 11 p.m. on July 23rd. Pastor Sam, uh, Samuel Anderson told investigators he was the last one to leave the church around 5.30 p.m. that day, at which point nothing was missing. Mm. But he thought a window had been left unlocked, allowing someone to push up and enter the building, according to the report. Anderson gave authorities a couple, uh, copy of the surveillance footage from the night in question. The deputy who viewed the footage said Lazarus was seen entering the building at 10.55 p.m. The white male walked into the uh, walked across the office into an office where he discovered a Batman costume. The report states he then put on the costume and goes into the offices, taking computer monitors and other items. In one frame, he appears to be drinking a can of Coke. Mm. The, the church has shared. Got to stay hydrated. <laughs> exactly. The church shared some of the surveillance footage. So yeah, it, it appears as though from the video that I'm seeing here, uh, he's he gets into the office. You can quite clearly see that it's him because he's not wearing any kind of uh, costume. He doesn't have a mask on. Nothing like that. But then moments later, he reemerges into the frame and he's dressed as Batman. Um, so. Oh, what goodness. this Batman costume is doing inside the church, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, but uh, but yeah, Stephen, what what a turn of events for Batman fans everywhere. Must have been quite a shock to the system. <laughs> yeah, man, he's that's crazy. Batman uh, going on a robbing spree apparently now, but but also forgetting that he's Batman halfway through, or not not halfway through, but. I guess initially, and then he's like, oh, crap, I'm Batman. I need to get this costume back on. Mm-hmm. So here's what's funny about it to me. Uh, he didn't think about putting a mask on until he saw the Batman costume. That's what's funny to <laughs> right, me. Right, right. It was like a spur-of-the-moment thing. Oh, maybe I should probably be dressed up for this. <laughs> yeah, but it's too late at that point. Like, right. it's, it's way too late. Um, I, I don't know if he was going for, like... Uh, you know, no one knows Batman's identity. So, like, even if even if <laughs> that guy, you know, went in there and no one saw him again, but then Batman came out, like, you don't know it's that guy, you know. And, and plus, if that guy is robbing a place, you know, he probably doesn't have the financial means that that Batman would probably have. So even if he was caught, it's like, oh, it can't be him because you know Batman's rich. He wouldn't be robbing the place. Yeah. He, so he needs computer know, monitors man. for the Bat Lair. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe this guy was onto something. Now Perhaps. that I'm thinking about it, you know yeah. the the Batman might the the Batman suit might throw them off the trail a little bit more than I thought it would initially. Mm-hmm. Indeed, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that it was uh, obviously it was a poor mistake of his uh, to obviously a burglarize this church, but b yes. do so without having uh, the proper attire, perhaps. Uh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> or, or if it was Batman, you know, shame on Batman. 
Shame, perhaps, shame on Batman. Per- perhaps this man is Batman. We'll, we may never know. We may um, never know. I will say, um, who robs a church? Yeah, it that's seems... such a weird like. That's such a weird choice. Right, right. I mean, he, it, it does seem as though he was stealing computer monitors, maybe for resale or something like that. I, I don't know, but yeah, yeah it's, go to um, a Best Buy. Like, I don't. <laughs> doesn't make much sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe he like got into the office and like once he crawled in through the window, the first thing he sees is like some poster that says like "God is watching you." And then yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh, God! I better dress <laughs> <Literally>. up as Batman. <laughs> yeah, I literally. Mean, maybe. maybe, man. I don't know. It's just I, I feel like a church is is a strange choice, uh, a strange first choice for for your burglary attempts. I don't mm. know. Indeed. Maybe maybe Batman has some history with his church. Perhaps so. Um, <laughs> no, perhaps crime, crime so. of passion, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to get all the details here, man. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there are a lot of details to be had here, Stephen. Um, but uh, let's let's close out today's show with one last story. Um, if the previous uh, bits of news have left you flaccid. Well, then, I've got quite the story for you. Uh, Okay. Per TorontoSun.com and writer Eddie Chow, uh, odds and ends, bionic penis, and other offbeat offerings. What? Indeed. Hold on. No, don't hold on. Go. (laughs) I need to hear this. Apparently, an arm is a great place to grow something phallic. A British man who lost his penis thanks to a severe blood infection has had a new one grown on his left arm. According to the UK's son, which I don't recommend that you buy, uh, Malcolm McDonald, 45, had suffered from blood infection that uh, turned his fingers, toes, and his penis black. Uh, the father. I just t- thought of old McDonald had a penis. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> and I'm per- sorry. Continue. <laughs> Perhaps he did. <laughs> the father of two. Well, this is this is getting sadder by the by the paragraph. Uh, the father of two said one day the infection caused his manhood to just fall off and drop to the floor, while his testicles remained intact. Enter Professor Yikes. David Ralph of Uni- of London University's College hospital who performed an an arm graft procedure that could regenerate the man's penis in two years. The operation, which cost $65,000, would help grow a penis that would help (laughs) McDonald properly pee, but would have no sexual function. Oh, gotcha. That's important. Um... It was a chance McDonald was willing to take who said, I, not having a penis felt awful. <laughs> I bet, man. I feel you. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Indeed, Stephen. Indeed. Um, so, <laughs> uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, um, if you go to... Uh, uh, Nija underscore PR on Twitter and that's uh, capital N-A-I-J-A underscore PR dot com uh, there is a tweet from August 2nd 2020 um, that actually pictures the 45 year old McDon- uh, Malcolm McDonald uh, who lost his penis to a horrific blood infection uh, and he is having one built on his arm um, it shows uh, him he-, he looks awfully frumpy um but um he's 
<laughs> these are almost like modeled pictures. Oh, um, and and he's like he's like sitting uh, like near like a tree, and he's got like his his uh, his like fist curled underneath his chin, <laughs> like it's, it's resting on his elbows resting on his knee, and he's looking oh. directly into the camera, and his arm is extended out with the giant penis appearing from his <laughs> arm. <laughs> Um, as far as I was concerned, they were miracle workers and I was up for anything that they could. (laughs) Oh my God. As far as I was concerned, they were miracle workers and I was up for anything that could give me my willy back. McDonald said, (laughs) doctors built the new penis complete with its own nerves and blood vessels using a skin flap on McDonald's left arm. A urethra was created along with two inflatable tubes that would allow the man to have an erection. Uh, oh. the, the new penis was removed from McDonald's arm once it was fully uh, uh, fully grown. He now awaits another procedure to unite it with his testicles. <laughs> what the um, fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so this man has a bionic inflatable penis? <laughs> yes. That's crazy. <laughs> I will say this though: sixty-five grand for a brand new penis. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> brand new, maybe maybe better than ever. I mean, you a, can't, I, he, dude. Yeah, he can't reproduce with it, but I mean, obviously, it. Um, uh... <laughs> so, so the 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 inflation, right? Is that is that tied to nerve endings? Where like normally, if he were sexually aroused, uh, he would get a boner. Obviously, uh, would, would the hmm. Is, is are, are those inflatable, you know, tubes or whatever tied to his sexual arousal, or can he do that on command? Because if he can do that on command, he might have uh, he might have a new career in, in adult films. <laughs> Perhaps so, Stephen. Perhaps so. Uh, well, again, this this does not serve any uh, purpose for reproduction, but uh, it does seem as though all the more better for the adult it, it, film industry. Yeah, it's, it's a completely uh, working. Uh, working knob here. Um, so, yeah. 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 Backdoor <laughs> 3 featuring Bionic Willy. <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that film writes itself. The film completely writes itself. Robocock. <laughs> yes! See? That's what I'm saying. Right there. Right there. No, oh. I, I mean, man. Th- this is weird as hell, but it's also a feel-good story in a weird way, because like th- this man, he lost his willy. A, f- a feel-good one. A feel-good story, Stephen. Exactly. <laughs> Feels good. Feels real good. See, I mean, you could really even do like the story uh, of like him if you did the Robo, you know, the story. Uh, Absolutely. The RoboCop spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, oh man, he has a disease and it fell off. And they're, the doctor's like, we can make it stronger, better, <laughs> you know, like, and, and then like longer, better, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor, give him the girth. <laughs> <laughs> like they're, they're like all typing away at the computers to try and like build like blueprints and models of it. <laughs> okay. We can absolutely cut this part, but now I'm getting this visual of like, a flaccid penis, like on a hospital bed, with like 
with like tubes attached to it and then like and then like a team of like eight scientists furiously typing away at computers and then a long shot of the penis on the hospital bed just like slowly slowly rising jeez just slowly and then it finally gets there and the lead tech is like we did it boys we did it and and then there's just a there's a washington monument just like smack dab in the middle of the room (laughs) that's the visual i got well (laughs) there you go (laughs) i'm sorry listeners Well, good thing I'll, I'll I'll put a parental advisory thing at the at the top of the episode. There you for, go. For all intents and purposes, here. Um, <laughs> we geez. did it. We did it. Um, <laughs> all righty. Well, then that is uh, the Tanner and Stephen Variety Show for the week. Um, we're gonna leave what you a off way with to end it. yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> with a bang. With um, a bang. <laughs> we're gonna leave you guys there. Um, please give us a follow on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, you'll see the Headlock Talk radio banner there for all things Headlock Talk. That's uh, uh, wrestling news with Headlock Talk on Monday, the Tanner and Stephen Variety Show, which you're listening to now on Wednesdays. Uh, maybe you'll stop listening to this show after that last segment. I don't know. It's <laughs> up to you. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, on Fridays, uh, we have the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast, uh, where we'll talk about all things gaming. Steven has put together some great stuff here for this week's show, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but yeah, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Make sure to also hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this show, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else for that matter. Um, and if you, if available, leave us a five star rating and review. So that way we can help climb those charts. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, let me see here. Oh, also, for all of your CBD needs, whether you need it for sleep aid, for muscle pain, for post workout recovery, or anything else, visit naturallyhemp's.com uh, for all things CBD. Uh, they've got gummies. Uh, they've got uh, um, sublinguals, gel caps lotions, balms, and more. Uh, so whether you need that for a sleep aid or for dry skin, they've got it all for you. And you can use promo code HLT10 at checkout. against promo code HLT10 at checkout for 10% off on all of your purchases. And this offer never expires. Uh, so visit that website there, as well as its sister websites, Naturally puresanitizer.com where they sell hand sanitizer for you uh, which is obviously very very important right now keep your hands clean uh, don't be like uh, old McDonald here uh, you want to <laughs> keep your keep your hands clean uh, uh, so that way uh, you can uh, you know basically prevent covid as well as uh, uh, your bits falling off um, sure. so equally um, important both of them <laughs> Equally important. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, naturally pure sanitizer. Use promo code HLT10 at checkout uh, for all things hand sanitizer. And then um, also, if you are a vapor and in need of e-liquid, uh, you can also visit AmericanVaporCompany.com for all your vaping needs, uh, whether that be uh, for uh, e-liquids uh, that they have um, tobacco flavors, fruit flavors, menthol flavors, candy flavors, and even cereal flavors. So please check out uh, AmericanVaporCompany.com and use promo code HLT10. In, uh, I'm sorry, HLT10 mm-hmm. <laughs> for all of your vaping needs, Stephen. Yes, indeed. 
Yes, indeed. Is there anything else that we need to cover, Stephen? Man, I, I think we covered enough here. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, you guys, we will see you again on Friday for the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast. I'm, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from here, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Yes, thanks for listening, y'all. All right, later. And I'm sorry, I guess. <laughs> Stephen's sorry, guys. Don't, <laughs> don't go too hard on him. Anyway. <laughs> All righty, y'all. Y- y'all take care. <laughs> Have a great day. Later. Bye-bye. Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts, we focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever.